Good morning, and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning. I'm Karen. Karen, we're going to begin with show notes today. Okay. So first and foremost, we do have a second podcast show, and that is called Sips of Sanity. It's located on the website, bysarlo.com, and it airs the first week of every month, Monday through Friday. And it's a very focused topic with the intention of giving you intuitive and practical tools for life. Yeah, and quite often emotionally intelligent tools too. Gift certificates are available for anybody anywhere in the world. Thank God for technology. So people can purchase a gift certificate with Visa, MasterCard, American Express, eTransfer, and PayPal. And they can buy it in any denomination they want for either Kelly or myself. And then you can gift it to somebody because we do sessions by telephone, Skype, FaceTime. Perfect. And same goes for personal sessions. If you're looking to book, you can book them and experience them from anywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. We sold out for our August event, An Evening with Mediums, where Kelly and I sit together and talk to 60 people in a room and channel for them. Our next event, if you'd like to get tickets, is December 14th for 2018. And we have very few tickets left. They're actually about 80% sold out now. And you can go to the website by sarlo.com to get those tickets if you'd like. Excellent. So we have, I think, a riveting topic today. And that is about adult temper tantrums. Yeah. I think you, the word you're describing riveting is pretty accurate because boy, oh boy, if you're having one or you're witnessing one or you're the recipient of one, it sure as shit is riveting. Mm -hmm. And I think it's good to label it the way that we're doing because oftentimes we we don't really know what's going on. We're caught in the confusion, very much like verbal abuse as it's spelled out for us. An initial reaction can be shock and paralysis and we don't know what to do and we're very confused about what's going on. So to be able to say this is an adult temper tantrum allows us to then assess what we need to do next. One of the things I've learned to do in this lifetime when somebody is having a temper tantrum where it's maybe in a treatment, they may be a client, um, or somebody in my own personal life is having a temper tantrum and it's directed towards me because I'm the person that they're speaking to, I've learned to become a better observer of it. So instead of feeling, first of all, that I have to respond to them, I no longer feel the need to respond. I, I have learned to step away and just witness their tantrum. Yeah, it's distancing yourself. Mm -hmm. One degree of separation. That's how I think of it in my head as soon as I see it coming. And sometimes you can see the temper tantrum. And boy, oh boy, I've learned in sessions in particular, some people are so good at 55 minutes of calmness, 55 minutes of getting everything they want, and the temper tantrum hits when they're paying the bill. Mm -hmm. It hits when the whole session is over and they got everything they wanted. And now I'm going to stand here and I'm going to tell you all the things you didn't do for me. And at that point, I put my pen down. I let my whole energy shift and change. Not to be defensive at all, but simply to observe and receive. And I want to say receive, not meaning that I'm going to sit there and take the abuse, but that I'm going to receive information. Mm -hmm. Helps you assess how to handle. Yes, 
Because if I can be a fabulous listener while they're having their tantrum, then I can determine what their behavior is, what their pattern is, and how to speak to them after that. I also like to notice, Kel, that when I change my own energy to one of, I'm just going to sit here and watch you, I'm going to listen, and I'm not in a rush, I like to watch to see if they catch themselves, if they notice their own behavior, if it gives them a pause, if they rev it up at that point because it creates more anxiety, or if in that moment where they really see that they're being heard or they're being observed, if they know they're being caught, or just if they can feel safe with me um, to change the pattern or a behavior. Yeah, to express humility. Yeah. And it tells me a lot about that person in those moments, in that exchange with them. So as you said, can they be empathic? Can they understand where I'm coming from? Or are they so far gone in, I want my needs met, even if they have been met, I want more to be met, lets me know that they don't know how to self-soothe. It lets me know that this is a pattern, that this isn't about me. It lets me make some quick assessments and some quick judgments as to how I'm going to speak to the person. I think the same goes for when it's happening in the session too. And mm -hmm. I, I know you brought up just at uh, that last five minutes or when they're, when they're paying for their actual service. It happens in the sessions where we are interrupted. They've asked one question. We're in the middle of answering that, respecting what the spirit world has offered to us and to them. And they interrupt with another question. Mm -hmm. Another direction, another intention. They keep diverting. Yes. Because it's like, I can't, I can't really afford to hear the answer. I don't really want to hear the answer. Yeah. And I find in some of the sessions, and this isn't for everybody by all means, but I find in some of the sessions where people book it, but have asked or have been asked by five other people or two other people to come to the session and ask questions for them when it's not their own personal session, mm -hmm. that their anxiety and the temper tantrum can escalate mm -hmm. because, oh my God, I got my own needs met. Maybe I came here and I asked my own questions first. Holy shit. I've got 15 minutes left or half an hour and five people have asked me for medical information from her hurry up and then the tantrum becomes that I can't disappoint I can't not people please these other people they're not telling me that but that's what's going on behind the scenes yeah and I'd like to cl clearly differentiate between the people who come in with genuine excitement oh because yeah. there are some very honest wonderful curious people who get so excited that we're starting to answer one question that five more questions come up in their head and there's a feeling of oh my god oh my god oh my god this is happening oh yeah and there's such a difference in the energy yeah and I do enjoy having the conversations with those clients to say hold on we're gonna do one at a time mm -hmm. and I always warn first-time clients it's very normal to leave with 50 more questions than when you came yeah and they often smile or sort of jokingly laugh at that and then sit back with a little bit more ease. Like if we can't answer them all today, mm -hmm. I can come back when I feel ready. And I think that's part of why some people feel they 
are have a right to their temper tantrum. Because if they feel they're not going to come back and have those needs met, that this is a one off. And I'm paying you so you better jam this full. Yeah. No matter how much they don't understand that we have to listen to them and their questions. And we have to connect in a relationship with their spirit guides in the spirit world to get all the answers for them. They think it's just, uh, uh, I don't even understand, because I don't think that they really think it through, Kelly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That and, we, and on top of that, to not only listen to the spirit world, but then also to hear the second part where they, they might say to us, you need to word it in this particular way for them. So we may actually have a communication with the spirit world where they're explaining things twice to us, minimum. Oh, I get that a lot. Here's your answer, but here's how they're going to understand it. Yeah. And the spirit world will explain, as you're saying to us, it has to be worded in a certain way or you're going to have to say this five times, Karen. Oh, yeah. You're going to have to tell Gert that Bob can't have this because she's the one that can't process. She's the one that can't say no. So there are layers to it then. And this is occurring because she has people pleasing or whatever. So the answer isn't just a yes, no. It has to do also with the whole situation and the personalities. And the bigger explanation to the yes or no is always the part that's the actual tool. Yes. It's the part that needs to be processed on a much deeper level other than just the yes or the no so that there can be a real understanding and acceptance of what people are actually going through or putting others through. Mm -hmm. And I, I find sometimes that there are the clients that will sit back when you give them the whole answer, the complete answer from the spirit guides and be so grateful for it because they're there really what mm -hmm. I refer to as an open session and growth. Yeah. And then there are the clients that come in and say they're open, meaning give me what I want. I'm going to say I'm open because I'm just here to get my answers. But I'm not open to any constructive criticism from the spirit world. I'm not open to hearing anything I don't like. I'm not open and I have a list of the things I'm not open to, but I'm not going to tell you any of that. Mm -hmm. When when you say it, I'll let you know in that moment I'm angry by my body language. I'll change the subject. Withdraw. I'll withdraw from you. I'll lie to you, to your face. Even though the spirit world is telling you all of this, I'll try to gaslight you. And, and I want to throw in flippant because oh, yeah. they. I will often get people who in the temper tantrum go, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. And it's like, well, no, the spirit world doesn't give maybes. Mm-hmm. It's a yes or a no that you're affirming things for me. So what are you doing over there? Yeah. And this is not about the people who truly don't know. The flippant remark is to the people who are aware and don't want to have to sit because they think, I'm not connecting to you. I just want my answers here. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not actually connecting. You're not supposed to actually know anything personal about me. I just came here to get information for me. Now, I want to take that and go into the other kind of tantrum, and that is when the spirit world decides that they're not giving them an answer. <laughs> yes. And I want to use an example because this one comes up oh. very frequently, and it's when ex-partners come in to say, is my ex happy? Has my ex moved on? Does yeah. my ex still think about me? Whatever, whatever way you want to kind of word that. And the spirit world will say, 
That's none of your business. Yeah. This is your pattern to ruminate. This is your pattern to get into other people's business. You are stalking. You are digging. You are consumed by or with. Well, I like the fact that you picked out the word stalking somebody because it is something I have seen in treatments where people, and that's another kind of temper tantrum that you're referring to is stalking somebody. And so now they're stalking them by visiting psychics and intuitives to say, I still want to know if, if what they're doing, what oh, they're thinking. I still deserve to know. Yeah. It's my right because I'm paying you. So do it. And to me, that's another temper tantrum. Mm -hmm. And where the spirit world will say the answer, as you mentioned, is a no. And then they go into the petulance, the pouting, or or just flat out the uh, re-asking it. Remember one client re-asked the same question probably 10 times in just different ways. And I had to say to her, and it was about an ex-boyfriend, and I had to say to her on the eighth time, ninth time, tenth time, I'm not answering you. I'm not answering you. I had to keep repeating it. And then I had to explain to her, do you understand that it's not personal? Karen Sarlow doesn't give a shit about you and your ex-boyfriend. That's True. how I, that's how I said it. Valid. I say it exactly like that because sometimes it has to be that they really have to understand. I personally don't care. But if I say I, they, they don't listen. So if I say Karen Sarlow doesn't care, then they ki it kind of catches them. Yeah, because that third person really sets you apart from your own experience Yeah, in their mind. That's right. And then I say the answer is coming from the spirit world. They're the ones that are denying you access to what's happening in his life. Mm, it's like passing not, you a note. Yes, not me. I like how you're interjecting, by the way, and saying those things like passing a note. Well, I think the visual creates an understanding or a better understanding, hopefully, of what the no actually is or looks like. Yeah, like in where it's coming from, because they misunderstand, even though in the consent process, I have to say, the, I list the gifts so that you understand I am channeling, that I am not giving you an opinion, that I am not giving you my advice mm -hmm. or education or I read a good book and this is what I think you should do because this author said it. That's yeah. why we refer to the authors in the books. Yeah, and I, I think people don't understand, and I, I try and word this, that when we're channeling, it's not that you and I are going through an index of books that we've read. No. It's that the spirit guides put covers in front of our faces. Yeah. Or say authors' names and say, pass this along to them. Mm -hmm. Sometimes even of authors I've never heard. So I, I, I'll go and Google the book afterwards, and then I'll order it and read it. Because it's like, well, if they're telling this person to read it for this reason, I'd really like to know about it. On a Karen Sarla level. Yes. Outside of the sessions. That's right. Kelly, the other day, I had um, a temper tantrum. It, that I think it's one of the first times that I can really recall this being it um, this clear. But what, I you received yeah. I was going to say, I don't know the last time you've thrown one. Oh, no. Um, oh, thank you. I mean, I work on emotional intelligence so that temper tantrums are not in my repertoire. Mm -hmm. I have other tools, um, but not everybody does, and I understand that. But this, a lady came to see me, and she had come several times, actually, and her temper tantrum came from frustration with the spirit world in that 
a spouse had passed away that she felt was her perfect partner. And for whatever reasons, for what, it doesn't matter, she just felt this was the one. And he passed away early enough, I would say. Now, mind you, some people might think 50 years is too early. Uh, so I just want to leave it general enough so that nobody feels I'm identifying them. Because I think if you're listening, you, you might be able to put yourself into my place uh, when you hear it. So she came to, d- to talk to a, a spouse that passed away. And it came, became evident near the end of the session for me through the spirit world telling me that she was jealous of me, that I could speak to her husband, but she couldn't. And she didn't want to say that. So she came under the guise of how do I get my own gifts going so that I can connect to my own husband? And I'm not saying that that's not a bad thing. That would have been a great question to lead with. Yes. And, and, and it would be a great question to lead with so that, that I could give all of the tools and teach somebody, which she kind of did at the beginning of the session. And that was my understanding. I was supposed to teach her how to connect, how to find her own signs. But because she couldn't find them in the past, she was angry. So she wasn't really looking forward to the future yet. And I know this is all mixed up. So and it is mixed up because she's mixed up. It's grief. Yes, thank you. So she it became evident through the session and by the end of it, how angry she is because I'll say in this instance, we're around the same age. And there's jealousy that another woman is talking and communicating and hanging out and laughing with and seeing her spouse. But she's not. I never would have thought of it that way. Me neither. And I think I can appreciate that on a very human level. Yeah. That never dawned on me. Me neither. That's why I brought it up today. It was the this was the very first time that I experienced that and I have channeled for hundreds and I'm sure at this point thousands over 10 years of people who've lost spouses women Mm -hmm. because most of our clientele is female it's a high percentage and that many through the last 10 years have been my age or older or close to it this is the first time I felt a woman's anxiety and grief directed at me as a medium, Mm -hmm. because I had the gift. And it's a gift I want to share. It's a gift I try to teach. I try to link her to her husband in as many ways as I can that her spirit guides will encourage me to teach her to do so that she feels connected to her own spouse. But it was the first time that I felt that person's anger directed towards me personally. When I paused and felt what she was feeling, What I could really concentrate on was her anger at the spirit world. She was trying not to be mad at him for leaving her, but she was angry with the spirit world, God, universe, whatever you want to call it, that took him from her. Well, that's understandable. Yes. I think that is part of the grief process. Absolutely. And it's so frustrating because we don't understand it. And it's so frustrating because we don't know what to do with it. Because now that they're not there, how do we go on when we still want to connect with them? So to meet another person who's doing it when we so desperately want to can put you into a temper tantrum. 
and one I can have a lot of empathy for. Even though it's not totally my experience, I still can empathize. And I, through the synesthesia, I can still feel everything she's feeling, even though it might not be my own response to date in this life because I haven't been through her experience personally. So when she had that, I simply said to her, you're having a temper tantrum. And she said, no, I'm not. And I said, well, is it possible for you to consider that you are? No. So I I chose to ask questions so that she could reflect anyway, making a long story short. Within two to three questions, she said she was having a temper tantrum. She got there pretty quickly. And, and I guess this is a different type of temper tantrum that I'm talking about that I can see in somebody where I can feel empathy. So it's something that I'm trying to bring up today that when someone has temper tantrums, if we can empathize with them and give them a moment, sometimes they can come to their awareness what they're doing themselves. Yeah, and it's not to say that we don't encourage people to go through the grieving process. It's to say that grieve, but don't take it out on other people. Yeah. The temper tantrum part is not okay. The grieving is. Yeah. And if we can get to that conversation together as client and and professional, then we can take another step forward. For that moment in that day, that's as far as we got. And maybe that's all she could cope with was just to be able to recognize that she was having a temper tantrum. And I bring it up because I do see in the grieving process where people do feel anger that somebody has been taken away from them, that they can continue to have temper tantrums that go unchecked. Oh, yeah, because then they take it out on their children. Someone else needs to take care of me. We could list all of them. Well, we won't list all of the ways that people can take the temper tantrum out on others. But it's something, like you said, that you need to be aware of so that you can develop the tools to grieve healthily. Yes. To reach out and share the grief instead of dumping the grief. Right. Or using the grief to continue to take leave of absence from work. And, um, you know, somebody might hear that and go, what? You didn't just say that. No, I, I, I'm saying that you do need time off from work to grieve and to go through these processes. I'm saying that you don't go to work until you're, until you're ready and you have the tools so that when you are feeling a temper tantrum coming on because of your grief, that you go back to work when you now have the tools not to dish that out to everybody else where you're working. That's what I'm saying. I'm agreeing with what you're saying, get the right help. And a lot of people don't get help, period, because they think, I've got two days off to grieve. What are you talking about? I, I, this was my grandmother. I got two days. I didn't. She raised me, but it's a grandmother, so nobody's saying it's a parent. So there, there are reasons that people go back to work too early or go into socializing too early and didn't get the right tools. But there are, and I want to point out, in many communities, free access to support groups through counseling centers where you and support groups where you can go even if you can't afford money for therapy. But that it's so, so important so that those temper tantrums don't destroy your career. Because eventually, the fact that you've lost somebody and you've grieved is going to wear off on other people. Mm-hmm. 
So now this is kind of a good segue because we started talking about the temper tantrums that we see in clients in an actual session, but we do want to spend the rest of the podcast talking about temper tantrums in relationships. Yes. Am I going to dive into one, Kelly, or well, would yeah, you like to pick you've, one? You've started talking about what grief can do to your career and what grief can do to your personal relationships. So yes, let's let's continue. Well, another one that I'm seeing in treatments is the, uh, I call it the spiritual temper tantrum. Uh, that, but that's just me. I didn't read that in a book or it's not a diagnosis or a classification. I, I just am often seeing where people have read the law of attraction, not understanding the law of attraction or that there are dozens of other universal laws that have to be understood and learned so that you use it symbiotically with all of the laws. If It's like I, I liken it, Cal, to making a cake with baking soda. You know all about baking soda and you think you're going to, you know you can have a cake. That's true. Absolutely true. But do you need other things to make the cake? Absolutely true. So if somebody can put that in their head and think, oh my goodness, I've been trying to work the law of attraction and I don't even know what she's talking about, then you really do need to go out there and learn the other universal laws before you just start creating vision boards and going to meditation classes or mindfulness workshops where you sit down and just work on, if I visualize enough, I'll get everything I want. Well, and you also mentioned too that um, just as you and I were talking, that people are coming and asking for clearings of their chakra, their energy. They, they use the terminology of I need to be unblocked or smudged or all of these spiritual uh, jargon and don't really understand what it is they're asking for. They just know what they want, what they want. Yes. And sometimes they, they don't even really know what they want. I want a woman. I want a man. I want abundance. Uh, yeah, I, I want hear this all the time and I have, they have no idea in what area of their life or what abundance actually means. Or they just have the idea that abundance is that everything that makes me happy. So, you know, I like chocolate cake, but I, I can't eat an abundance of it or I'm going to have to be at the gym 24-7. So you can want an abundance of something. And then not understand that if you want an abundance of something that it can actually be adverse for you. And that things in moderation, or that even in things in timing, like relationships, I often hear, could you remove all of the cords, please, from everybody in my past, all the men I've dated in the past, so that I can attract my new partner? And can you tell me, I, like, I want it now? Like, am I going to have it? And I think, oh, well, let me ask the spirit world what does she mean by now? And they go, oh, she means like this weekend, like which Tim Hortons, the one on Trout Lake or the one on Castles <laughs> or the one on Lakeshore. And there's two on Lakeshore. So be specific which one she's going to meet them at. And it's like, they don't understand that in attraction, you're, you're going to attract those things in the timing of what was written in your records and in the universe, not because you say you're ready today. Well, and, and the fact that there's another soul involved that may be resisting their own, their own path or their own journey. Oh, yeah, that, and that's not that's irrelevant to them. Because, as I said, in the temper tantrum of their spiritual life, of what they believe is their spiritual life, they believe that they're good at it, or that they are the type A personality, I don't know how to word all of that. 
if they're any good at attraction, then they should be getting what they want on the date and time, like in an agenda, like I'm going to meet her on June 1st, 2018. So this is another type of temper tantrum, where we don't understand the bigger picture of other things. And I thought it was a good one to bring up and to say about the spiritual laws, like all of the other ones like perfection. And we've done podcasts on those. So you can go back and listen to the other laws of, of the universe. And how about the other podcasts about emotional intelligence, to understand that if in year one after a divorce, or, you know, finishing college or whatever it is that is on your agenda, that you are a certain person. But year five coming out of a divorce, you are going to be a different person attracting a different partner. If you're doing your emotional intelligence growth in those five years. So the partner that you would attract will have a higher EQ after five years, if you've done five years of good work too. Sometimes when I explain that to people from the spirit world and say, oh, they're saying you have a low EQ, a lot of clients sometimes, and I'm quite surprised, Kelly, they don't get angry at that. Quite often they'll go, yeah, that's true. And then I think in the treatment room, at least for a few minutes, they can accept that within themselves. They seem to have a, like, hit a pause button here where it's like, oh, that's good. What do I do to change it? And you see the clients then that take the rest of the session to how do I change that? And then you see the clients that say, oh, yeah, that's true. I want it anyway. (laughs) Yes. And the temper tantrum continues. Mm -hmm. I don't want to know any of the tools to create a different emotional intelligence. Just tell me the answer. So when? Answer my by when. Mm-hmm. And that's that's that next level of the tantrum. Let's switch directions now and talk about parental tantrums. Oh, I like that, Kelp, because I think a lot of um, people don't believe that they have them or they, because they think it's their right as a parent. Yeah. They think it's part of the parenting package. <laughs> yeah. And I it comes in very obvious statements of I told you so or because I said so, because I because I want this because this is best for you, because I know best for you, because I pay the bills, because you're under my roof. There are so many different identifiers, let's call them, where you can recognize if you are not a toddler, that your parent is having control issues and therefore having their temper tantrum. Can I throw in here too, Kelly, that you can have a 90-year-old mother having a temper tantrum on a 70-year-old child? Absolutely. And a 50-year-old grandchild? And so on and so on. Yes, temper tantrums don't stop at certain ages. Yeah, I and I think that's, oh, somebody might just stop and go, well, holy shit, that's exactly what great grandpa's doing all the time. Mm-hmm. And I see him doing it to my grandfather. Yeah, and it's, it's the my way or the highway mentality of you'll do what I want because I have authority, because I'm older, because I'm elderly, because whatever their reasoning is, and it's usually bullshit, it just has control over you. It's a false belief system that you you have to buy into if you continue to please them. But oh. as soon as you identify it as a false belief that someone else is trying to feed you, you recognize that there are other choices that you have in what you believe. Perfect. It's just perfect. And I think it's wonderful for an adult child to be able to point out to their their parent 
you're having a temper tantrum. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that will work and they may stop. They may pause. They may want to learn to do better. But as Nina Brown and some of our other wonderful authors who we've had on this show will say, they don't. The temper tantrum becomes part of their self-absorbed behavior or it becomes part of narcissism. And then as you said, and as they have all said in different shows, you're the only one that gets to choose how you want to either stay and participate, be victimized, be controlled, or change direction entirely. Yeah, which involves or it can involve setting a boundary or literally removing yourself from the situation. Mm-hmm. Can we take a moment to list some of the things the adult child who's walking away from the temper tantrum can feel? Yeah. Okay. I think you can feel scared to walk away, first of all. Oh, and guilt. And shame. Because, boy, if you've been there for a while, you'd have a whole lot of shame being built up and patterned into you. When you say if you've been there for a while, you're referring to the relationship itself. Yeah. Not the 10 minute tantrum that's going on. Right. Okay. Yeah, because, well, if you string together all the temper tantrums, you might have years of them. If you actually took 10 minutes here and 20 minutes there, you might literally put them all together. And like I say, string them together like a necklace and you might have a whole year of standing there listening to them. And at that point, you may be the adult child who has taken on the role, self-appointed, most likely, of being the diffuser, mm. where you then feel the responsibility of diffusing the situation and pleasing, getting everything back to calm. Mm. So I the guilt and shame sits in. I guess, Kelly, that can also be triggered in a spouse relationship too, eh? Yeah. So let's use that as a segue then to move on from parental tantrums into... I'll call them equal relationships, right? Significant others. Mm -hmm. And that includes marriage. But, you know, in today's age, that can be living together. And I just want to say, is that what you mean? Yeah, we're just talking about two adults now instead of parent-child. Okay. So are you referring to also friendships then? Sure. Okay, good enough. I like that. So that's another big one where people have temper tantrums in order to control another person. And they know that they can do that either by being explosive uh, with words, um, throwing things, actual physical behavior, pushing, shoving, that kind of thing. It can also be, I think, where you withhold. Well, let's go back first to the example that you gave in that segue, and that's about spouse, because we had left off talking about the adult parent and adult child, right? And you're saying that it triggers the spouse of the of the uh, temper tantrum where they need to call out their partner. They need to step up in the relationship and be able to have that conversation, mm-hmm. hold them accountable. Mm-hmm. Well, that's going to be quite difficult unless they're willing to do some self-reflection first. Right. And And I think that's just a huge thing that comes through in our personal sessions with people when they sit down and think, something's wrong with their partner instead of themselves. And when the spirit world comes in and says, these are your behaviors that go back to how you were parented. So you're showing patterns now. That's good. Yeah. And that it can be linked. This is how you behave with a spouse, a partner. 
because this is what you saw your parents do and this is how they triangled you in it. And I like that you pointed this out because we often don't see that we have become the parent we wanted to avoid Mm -hmm. because our tantrums look different than theirs. Yeah, you could have an explosive parent who goes out of their way to verbally abuse everybody and then you could go off into your own marriage and think, I'm never going to do that. I'll never raise my voice. So you withhold. You go in and give silent treatments. You swing the pendulum the complete opposite way in a desire not to reflect or to be the parent you hated. And yet you've become them. You've totally become them. You just have a different way to do it. And because it's a different way, you don't have to look at it. Good. Yeah. Yeah, I love that illustration because I think a lot of people don't see withholding as a temper tantrum. Oh, I think it's a massive temper tantrum. I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying I think people don't see it that way. Yeah. I like it in the sessions with the spirit world pulls that out and says this is how they have their temper tantrums. Mm-hmm. They are the ones that do the withholding. They have a temper tantrum by constantly diverting. Every time their partner brings up a subject, they change the subject on them. That's a temper tantrum. Every time their partner talks to them and they are in a temper tantrum mood, they counter them. So they say the exact opposite. It doesn't matter whether they agree or disagree. They just say the opposite for the sake of doing it because they're in a temper tantrum. If you're just tuning in, I would highly recommend going back and listening to our podcast with Patricia Evans about verbal verbal abuse. That was back in September of 2017 in the archives, Kelly. And and I remember that because we did a show with her on Coffee with the Sarlows. And I think in the same month or very close to it, we did a whole series in the Sips of Sanity podcast. And we broke down the 15 forms of abuse for people, three each day. And I think they're really important for people to know so that you can identify your own form of having a temper tantrum with somebody. And did you notice I didn't say how everybody else is having them on you? (laughs) Because if we identify how we respond when we don't get our own way, and we don't know how to self-soothe, or we don't understand delayed gratification, and we don't understand the universal laws and process in life, then if we don't have that awareness of all of those things, you're probably pretty much guaranteed that you're having some kind of a temper tantrum. Mm -hmm. Can we shift now to work? Yeah. I know we're sort of hitting the surface on a lot of them uh, because these need in-depth, detailed conversation with individuals. We can only pull out so many illustrations for people to draw their own parallels in a show. Um, And that's where we would say have a personal session Mm -hmm. if you're wanting to dig more into your own life, which I think is excellent. So let's move on then to career. Okay. Or workplace setting, because there are tons of temper tantrums that happen in the workplace. Oh my God, yes. You just have to look on social media these days to see what's happening in work environments where people are going in with guns and shooting people in work environments because they didn't have the tools in the toolkit to be able to express themselves or to problem solve. And instead, the only resource to problem solving was violence. And you know what? Sitting at the top of the White House, temper tantrums with verbal diarrhea. Yes. Lies. 
manip- gaslighting. Mm-hmm. All of these different forms of way that people in work environments um, bully. And so we throw the word bullying out there now in this conversation about temper tantrums because you you can't not. Mm-hmm. Because it, the, the tantrum is to get what you want. That's the intention. And I do also want to talk about employees too, because this isn't always about bosses, executives, CEOs, oh. and things like that. There are many employees that have temper tantrums. I want to liken it to when you say taking a leave of absence for grief, where people come back or are on, you know, are on stress leave or coming back from stress leave where they haven't had any gathering of tools or information on their leave. It's just been, I'm going to sleep. And they come in and they set these quote unquote boundaries of what they can and cannot handle because they won't actually deal with their limitations. Right. And they didn't do any work or get any toolkits or counseling or anything to actually change how they're going to respond to the stress when they go back into it. Yes. And then there becomes blaming or finger pointing or uh, even name calling to say, well, I'm not getting it done because this person behaves this way because this person does that. There's there's so much responsibility that's put on everyone else mm-hmm. to excuse their own behaviors. Yeah. And I've seen sometimes in the treatments where the guides will say you were asked to do certain new responsibilities, your job description changed, and you've been in it so long and are so comfortable that you don't want change. And so the temper tantrum is based on a growth mindset and you refuse it. So you're staying stuck in that fixed mindset and that's your temper tantrum. I'm not going to change mindsets. And that's not a boss's issue. That's yours. Excellent. That is absolutely 100% yours. And we could reference the, the book Mindset now by Carol Dweck. Changing a mindset is nothing somebody can do for us. It is something we have to work on and do for ourselves. And if we're sitting in a job saying, I refuse to change my mindset, and the boss or the organization has to say, But in order for this to be financially successful, in order for the business to grow, the government, the school board, um, whatever this is, the union, in order for us to have growth, you have to change your mindset or you have to choose to leave. Yeah, no matter what it is you're doing in life, you have to adapt in order to survive. Oh my God, that that is the whole thing of every single species on the planet. It's the most, it's, it's fundamental. Yes. It doesn't matter that you're in a high tech job. Everything is about adapting. Yeah. And I think people that are in the tech industry or social media are the ones that think growth mindset the most because they constantly have to adapt what's next. It There's never, it. well, even our iPhones or your cell phones, they're always being updated and forcing us to change. So they come along to say, you can never get stuck in a mindset. We won't let you or you won't be able to use us. Love it. Right? And then we go into relationships and think, no, I like my toast buttered this way. I like my eggs on Friday mornings. I like, and we think, you know, our partner comes along and says, why don't we have pancakes? No. Has to be eggs on Friday. And it's like, uh, okay, there's no growth there. So the temper tantrums can be small at first. But we really have to notice if it's about a boundary, that's one other issue. But if it's really about just staying stuck in a mindset to have control and not to be able to challenge ourselves for any kind of growth, 
even for taste buds, for goodness sake, then we got problems. We have bigger problems. I thoroughly enjoyed today's podcast. Me too. It made me think a lot. It made me think a lot about my own life too, Cal. Um, you know, in all in trying to find growth in a day. And, and also, as I hope I said in the podcast, compassion for people who are being stuck in that. Mm-hmm. That is what a temper tantrum is. It is a fixed mindset for some reason. And mm-hmm. if you find the reason the person is stuck in the mindset, you have to be able to realize you can't change it for them. Yeah, and most likely it's it's due to some sort of fear. And it's not mm-hmm. your job to figure out what that fear is. It's not your job to fix it. We can have compassion for it, but still set boundaries. Yeah. And if you're the person listening and you're the one that's having the temper tantrums, then you're hearing that with emotional intelligence, reaching out with these different books, authors, podcasts, counseling, any way, there's such a variety of ways now because of technology that we, there's no reason to be in a temper tantrum anymore. Unlike decades ago where we really didn't have the intelligence yet like we really truly are evolving well let's hope (laughs) all right thank you i appreciate uh i appreciate the conversation yeah me too i hope others enjoyed it as well and i hope it's one that can be shared yeah to open a conversation with somebody you know maybe somebody that you're struggling with who is in a fixed mindset and having the temper tantrums and, and maybe also just to share it with somebody to say, I think I'm the one doing this. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at Otherwise, have a wonderful weekend.